Welcome to the Healthy Tips Podcast, produced by the Better Living Institute and sponsored by AppJudo for your software needs, BulletPad for writing lists on your iPad, and also sponsored by our listeners. That's folks like you. We're Kira and Bill Van Ittersom, and today we're talking about the dangers of fluoride in your water. Most of the developed countries around the world, including Japan and 97% of Western Europe, do not put fluoride in their water. In fact, in some geographical areas where fluoride occurs naturally in the water, measures are being taken to remove it. Yet, in the United States, we have the highest prevalence of municipally fluoridated water in the world. Why is that when fluoride's been classified as a poison by the CDC? Well, here's a story about fluoride poisoning, but this is at a horse ranch in Pagosa Springs, Colorado. In this particular case, the victims were the horses. Yes, animals that weigh an average of 1,100 pounds each. You would think that with all that mass, a horse couldn't possibly get sick from a municipal dosing of fluoride. Doses designed for human beings weighing a measly 125 to 200 pounds. And I say measly, but in comparison to the 1,100-pound horse. If you're like me, the next question that you'll ask is, well, if the horses got sick, weighing as much as they did, well, then why didn't the owners of the farm get sick too? Well, the interesting answer to that question is that Kathy and Wayne Justice, the owners of the farm, drank and cooked only with distilled water. This had been their practice at their previous home in California, and they brought this habit with them to Colorado. But hey, I'm getting ahead of myself. Here is Kathy and Wayne's story. In 1978, Kathy and Wayne Justice sold their farm in Southern California and moved to the other side of the Rocky Mountains. They picked a beautiful spot at the foot of the Continental Divide called Pagosa Spring, Colorado. A primary concern for Kathy and Wayne was its plentiful and pristine water supply, something that they didn't have in that dry, semi-arid Southern California. Well, for the first seven years, their choice of Pagosa Springs, Colorado, proved to be a sound one. Then, mysteriously, their beloved quarter horses began getting sick. It started with chronic colic. Other diseases and problems followed. The list of ailments is long, but we think it's important that you hear them. Cushing's disease, which is equine metabolic syndrome. Lethargy neurological problems, chronic coughs, lameness, cancer, joints freezing up, soft tissue hardening, hard tissues forming on bones, deformed hooves, legs becoming crooked after adulthood, thyroid problems, skin problems, reproductive problems, foals born with crooked legs, mares aborting, Deformed, full-term foals, animals dying of mysterious illnesses. And it took Kathy Justice several years, and finally the help of a leading research doctor on animal toxicology to understand that her horses were being poisoned by fluoride in the municipal water supply. You see, it really wasn't until 1985 that Pagosa Springs, Colorado, began treating its water with hexafluorosilicic acid, 
and the ills in that town started to grow from there. Over the years, it was in animals and it was in humans too. The amount of heart attacks, arterial sclerosis, cancer, thyroid problems, dental fluorosis, kidney problems, and etc. and etc. became rampant in humans and animals. But this was not the case for the first seven years that they lived in Pagosa Springs. So this brings us back to the question that we raised earlier in the podcast. Why would an 1,100-pound animal with all his mass be susceptible to a little fluoride in the water? Fluoride water is safe for humans, right? Well, the answer to that question is that healthy horses need to drink from 10 to 12 gallons of water a day. So a horse's dose of fluoride is higher than an average human's dose. But then, so are your beloved pets drinking more water than you do, too. Right. One mare that they were raising went to California to be bred to an eight-time world champion stallion. The mare was returned to Pocosa Springs until two weeks before her foaling date, when she was sent back to California to foal and then be rebred again. She had this beautiful little filly, but before it was two months old, the filly died of a mysterious ailment, and there were no outward signs of illness. An autopsy showed that she had sores on every organ of her body. Now, lab examinations of the filly's blood and organ tissues could not explain the cause of her illness. Later, that same mare was bred at a different breeding farm in California and returned to Pagosa Springs for gestation. She went back to the breeding farm to foal, but this time she was unable to deliver her foal. Worse yet, this mare had to be put down. An autopsy showed that the foal was malformed, having a head half the normal length, no eyes, no nostrils, no muscle, just skin over bone. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, and as problems with her horses got worse instead of better... Kathy continued searching for a reason, especially since she and Wayne had not had any of these kind of illnesses with their horses when they lived in California. Kathy and Wayne's horses continued to be sick until, as fate would have it, in the winter of 2003 to 2004, this is quite some time after they moved there, snow stayed on the ground all winter for the first time in 10 years. The horses actually began ingesting the cold snow in preference to the warm city water that was kept in storage tanks for them. Yet their health improved. Even their prized mare, Baby Doe, as they called her, had a seemingly miraculous recovery, putting on weight that winter. And it was the first winter that the horses didn't have one episode of colic. When the spring thaw came, The horses had no choice, and they went back to drinking the city water, and then they quickly got sick again with colic. Finally, in 2004, pretty near 20 years after fluoride was introduced into the municipal water supply in Pagosa Springs, Colorado, Kathy discovered a book entitled The Fluoride Deception. It was written by Christopher Bryson. In his book, Mr. Bryson told about a major fluoride poisoning legal case from the 1990s in which $1.3 billion in cost and settlements were paid out. Mr. Bryson also detailed many of the symptoms of fluoride poisoning in his book. Kathy immediately recognized that her horses and her dogs 
were displaying many of these same symptoms as well. From this point on, it didn't take long for Kathy to connect the dots as to why her herd preferred to eat frozen water or snow rather than the heated trough of city water, and why they temporarily began to get well, too, until they were forced by the spring thaw to drink from the trough again. Uh, So much for dumb animals, eh? Kathy herself had been raised on whole foods and holistic and alternative medicines, and she and Wayne had always felt that fluoride was a poison and that it was cumulative in human bodies. This was the reason that she and Wayne only drank and cooked with distilled water. But she also knew that she couldn't produce enough distilled water to feed her herd. Remember, healthy horses drink from 10 to 12 gallons of water a day apiece. Besides, horses need the natural minerals in the water. Distilled water provides none of these. So in March of 2004 the justices piped a new source of water for their horses from the nearby river, and they haven't had fluoridated water since. Unfortunately, fluoride poisoning is cumulative, and in October of 2004, their prize mare, Baby Doe, had to be euthanized after fighting many illnesses. She had been too sick to get well, even with the clean water. So a week and a half after Baby Doe was buried, Kathy Justice, now fighting mad, contacted a Dr. Leonard Crook, who was the Professor Emeritus of the Department of Biomedical Sciences at Cornell University in New York, and he was the world's leading authority on fluoride toxicity in animals. Kathy told him about Baby Doe, and she asked him if her mare could have had fluoride poisoning, and he told Kathy that for a conclusive analysis, he would have to check Baby Doe's bone toxicity level. Kathy explained that, unfortunately, Baby Doe was already buried. Well, dig her up then, he told her. I need a bone for my tests. So they dug up Baby Doe, and they sent a foreleg to Dr. Crook for analysis. A week and a half later, the report came back with a final conclusion of chronic fluoride poisoning. Kathy was a smart breeder, and she had kept baby teeth for all of her horses. She and Wayne sent baby teeth samples of all their still-living horses to Dr. Crook to be examined. The test results concluded that all of Kathy and Wayne's horses suffered from the same chronic fluoride poisoning. About this time, another breeder in Pagosa Springs lost one of his horses to equine metabolic syndrome. This horse was only 10 years old, but he had also been drinking Pagosa Springs municipal water all of his life. Kathy and Wayne knew this breeder, and when they heard of this man's horse dying, they told him about the problems on their farm and suggested that he have his horse's bones tested too. So the horse's foreleg was also sent to Dr. Crook's lab at Cornell University for testing. Once again, the diagnosis was chronic fluoride poisoning. And even though this horse was only 10 years old, he had a greater concentration of fluoride in his foreleg than Baby Doe had in hers, and Baby Doe was 21 years old. This just goes to show that different animals have different susceptibilities and that ailments show up in the weakest areas of an animal. Hmm, we think that's true for humans too, huh? Right. 
Well, Kathy and Wayne Justice helped mobilize the Pagosa Springs community, and in 2005, they voted to remove fluoride from their city water supply. It was an uphill battle all the way, but we suspect that when the economics of losing extremely valuable livestock was proven, the Good Fathers finally took action. Kathy had this to say about the municipal engineers and bureaucrats. It's hard to convince someone of something when their income depends on their not believing it, and also when their job standing depends on them not believing it. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. We like to ask this question. Why is compassion for human misery never a good enough reason to take action against environmental pollution? So your neighbor gets sick and dies, then another and another. But God did that. The Lord called them home. But your several thousand dollar animal dies of the same causes. Oh, man, we got to do something about that right now, right right away. You know, this is kind of greed, too, in a way. We don't care about our neighbor, but boy, we sure care about our livestock. That hits us right in the wallet. We think that's a similar greed to the people who put these pollutants in the water in the first place. Our story about Kathy and Wayne Justice is from the Fluoride Toxicity Research Collaborative. We'll post two links to Kathy's story on our website at betterlivinginstitute.com. You can go to the Healthy Tips podcast page and look for the dangers of fluoride in your water. Unfortunately, for all of us who are still supplied with fluoride municipal water, this is by no means an isolated story. We've also read stories about higher rates of Parkinson's disease showing up in humans who live in cities that have municipal fluoride in their water. There are also 42 studies that connect fluoride to diminished IQs. By the time we're finished with this podcast and you've heard the statistics that will relate to you, you'll be scratching your head about why more has not been done to investigate this problem further. But part of the reason is that it's really hard to prove fluoride poisoning. Diagnosing fluoride toxicity is not very easy. Fluoride accumulates mostly in the bones, and how many of us are going to go and have our bones biopsied? Exactly. (laughs) By the way, fluoridation was stopped in Pagosa in March of 2005. If that doesn't make you sit up and take notice, I don't know what will. We need to take a break for a moment to thank a sponsor. This segment of our program is sponsored by App Judo, your complete web and mobile application development service. The Japanese word judo means the gentle way. The martial art of judo got this name because it signifies maximum efficiency and mutual welfare and benefit. App Judo follows these same principles in all its software development projects, using the best technologies and computer science principles to serve clients' needs elegantly and intelligently. App Judo prides itself on building attractive and intuitive user interfaces that your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, App Judo can help make your project a success. Visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. We did some research online and we read a really interesting article by Dr. McCola. He's a well-known osteopathic doctor who is known for researching and reporting on healthy practices. And he also makes a habit of exposing corporate, government, and mass media propaganda. 
He had a great article called 10 Facts About Fluoride That You Need to Know. So here are some of the highlights. Fluoride accumulates in the body and acts as a poison if you ingest too much. It's not a nutrient, and scientific studies debate its benefit to the human body at all. Exactly. He also says that fluoride's been shown to cause serious health problems such as damage to your bones, your brain, and your endocrine system. Eh, Try functioning without those. There's no clear understanding about whether or not fluoride really helps to prevent tooth decay. Studies that suggest this may be largely skewed by other factors not taken into account. Several studies have been entirely inconclusive. That is, no determination could really be made about the effects or lack of same of fluoride treatments to the water supply. Right. And most of the fluoride that's put into the water supply really isn't ingested at all. It's used for things like flushing the toilet and washing your clothes and washing your car and watering your lawn, etc., etc., you know. However, this fluoride still has to go somewhere, and it may be damaging the environment, especially in combination with this whole stew of other toxins that are being regularly dumped into the water. EPA scientists from the National Health and Environmental Research Laboratory have classified fluoride as a chemical having substantial evidence of developmental neurotoxicity. Wow. (laughs) And the CDC, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, say that 41% of American adolescents now have fluorosis. And this is that unattractive discoloration and modeling of the teeth that indicate overexposure to fluoride. And unfortunately, This happens as little children are being taught to brush their teeth with fluoridated toothpaste. And like my dear little granddaughter, they don't like to rinse and spit out. They like to swallow it, Mm -hmm. partly because it's sugary, tastes good. So a little bit goes to a long, harmful way with fluoride. Mm -hmm. When people drink municipally fluoridated water, There's really no clear way to determine how much they're getting because each person has different drinking habits. The dose isn't controlled. Some people drink a lot more water than average. So unlike chloride that you can smell and taste when you have it in your city water, and sometimes the city water is heavily dosed with it, this other chemical, fluoride, has neither odor nor taste. So fluoride then goes to everyone. Regardless of health, age, vulnerability, it's of special concern when given to the older folks and also to babies. The number one reason is that infants and children excrete less of the fluoride. So studies show that 80% of any fluoride that they ingest is taken up into their bones. Number two, city water is often exclusively used to make all of a baby's formula. So bottle-fed babies will get as much as 300% more fluoride than breast-fed babies do. Yeah, and remember, it's cumulative. Now, adults excrete about 50 to 60% of the fluoride that they ingest, and the rest does accumulate in their bones and their teeth and also in the pineal gland. The accumulation of fluoride increases steadily. It doesn't ever go away. There is no health agency monitoring the effects of all this accumulated fluoride, a chemical that has such dangerous toxic side effects 
that you should really call poison control if your child swallows a quarter milligram of fluoride from toothpaste. And that's really just one long stripe. If they swallow that whole amount, you really should call poison control. That's how serious fluoride is. And yet, we have no standards. And we don't know how much they're swallowing every day. And we don't know how it's affecting them either, because it comes out and affects people in varying ways. Now, here are some tips from the Fluoride Action Network. And again, this is the website online that was sponsoring Kathy and Wayne Justice's story about illness with their horses. Fluoride's been classified by the FDA as a drug. So municipal treatment of our water supply is akin to our being given a doctor's prescription actually against our will. Now, as citizens and residents of our communities, we've never even been asked or included in the decision to fluoridate our water supply. Any benefits to fluoride is purely topical and not systemic. What do we mean by that? Well, back in the 50s when they started doing fluoride treatments, they had this little solution and the dentists put it on your teeth while you were there in the dental chair. I remember as a little child having that dental fluoride treatment. I did too. In some cases, they came to the schools to help talk about that and help get parents involved and enrolled in this as a preventative measure for tooth decay. Unfortunately, as so many of the studies now show, it's very difficult to even find out if that helped then or now. But fluoride's application has to be topical to be beneficial. There has never been any scientific study done to verify that fluoride added to the water supply helps with cavity control on any human beings in any municipal setting at all. In fact, the scary part is most of the fluoride that's put into the city water supply is a toxic waste byproduct from making fertilizer. But we'll get to that in a minute. (laughs) The National Institute of Dental Research conducted the largest survey ever in the United States and involved 39,000 children in 84 separate communities, where some were treating their water with fluoride and some were not. The results of the study showed little difference in tooth decay among children in the different communities. Other studies that were done in other communities where fluoride has been used and discontinued show that tooth decay did not significantly increase. Also, in communities that had not had fluoride but started using fluoride, tooth decay had already been declining before the fluoride had ever been added. Now, here's the fact that Bill mentioned earlier. Most of the time, the fluoride chemicals used to treat municipal water are not pharmaceutical grade. Instead, because of the bulk requirements of municipal water treatment, the fluoride chemicals are industrial grade. And some of them have even been classified as waste products that are contaminated with other impurities. Now, here's a scary thought. Arsenic is present in some of the silicon fluorides. Can you just see this wealthy industrialist sitting at his fancy club laughing with his buddies about how he's getting paid by the city to dump his waste byproducts of fluoride chemicals into our water supply? Of course, he and his family have a whole house water filter. And his sink and his fridge only dispense the pristine water coming out of a reverse osmosis water filter. Of course, he can afford those with our money. It's a shame. 
and it's just pure greed. And we watched a film on YouTube showing the industrial open pit mining of phosphates in northern central Florida. And this mine is mining the phosphates for fertilizer production. One of the byproducts is this type of fluoride product, this silicon fluoride product. And when it was first isolated as an industrial waste, they were having the devil's own time to process it. If they dumped it in the river, the fish would die. And if they dumped it down in the gulf, the fish would die. So there was all kinds of rules and regulations. And all of a sudden, they got this smart idea. Well, the world is starting to fluoridate children's teeth. Let's dump this in the water supply. It's actually a known carcinogen, a known poison, and a known killer. But boy, they've sure found a way. Dump it in people's water in small little bits. And heck, they'll never know. And a lot of the workers who worked at the factories and in that whole process there were extremely ill with problems that fluoride had provided for them. We'll post some links on our website, and you can watch these vids for yourself and see if you feel as disturbed about it as we have. And the U.S. National Research Council appointed the first really balanced panel of experts that were ever selected to look at fluoride's toxicity in the U.S., This panel of 12 reviewed the USPA's Safe Drinking Water Standards for Fluoride Treatment. After three and a half years, the panel published a 507-page report on their findings. The 12 experts concluded that the U.S. EPA's Safe Drinking Water Standard was not protective of human health. The panel further spelled out recommendations that if properly implemented, would put an end to all municipal water fluoridation across the entire United States. Unfortunately, in January of 2011, the U.S. EPA Office of Water made it clear that they would not make the changes that would jeopardize the water fluoridation program. So we say, follow the money, people, and in the meantime, use a good water filter. There is also the concern that fluoride compounds in the water supply may cause lead uptake in children's blood. Metals and contaminants often are more dangerous when they come from multiple pollutants in the water as opposed to just one. So having fluoride in the water helps these kids uptake more heavy metals. Very dangerous thought. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a break here for a moment to thank a sponsor, This segment of our podcast is sponsored by BulletPad, the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. BulletPad is a great tool for writers and thinkers, featuring a simple but powerful toolbar above the keyboard to help you navigate your text with arrow keys and to change the indent of your bullet points. Use drag and drop to move your bullet points anywhere in the list. Use the zoom in feature to drill down on any section of your list or use zoom out to get the big picture view. BulletPad is available now for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for BulletPad. As of January 2012, over 4,000 professionals have signed a statement calling for an end to water fluoridation worldwide. This statement and a list of signatories can be found 
on the website of the Fluoride Action Network. The caliber of these scientists and professionals can be seen directly by watching a 28-minute video called Professional Perspectives on Water Fluoridation. You can also view this video on the Fluoride Action Network site, and we'll give a link to this on our website. As the Fluoride Action Network is actively working to end fluoride fluoridation in the U.S. and Canada, we'd ask you to please do your homework on this topic. And as you feel as we do about it, you can contact them and support their efforts at www.fluorideactionnetwork.com. Well, Kira, I think that's the end of this podcast on the dangers of fluoride in your water. It is a really important subject. It's a very scary subject. We do filter our water here at our home. But as we said in other podcasts, don't put the crap in the water. Take so much trouble to get it back out. Mm -hmm. Someday they're going to figure that out. In the meantime, we do hope this has been a wake-up call for you and that you will pay attention to the quality of the water that you're taking in and do something about it if you possibly can. Before we leave, we do want to say to the audience that we're not healthcare providers. Nothing that we say here should be misconstrued as medical advice. It's not meant to treat, diagnose, or prescribe anything. Everything that we share here is our own opinions. It's based on our own personal research and our experimentation. That's our show for today. Bill and I want to thank you for being with us. You can subscribe to our show by going to the iTunes podcast and just look for the Better Living Institute Healthy Tips podcast. Or you can also find us on the web at www.betterlivinginstitute.com. There you're going to find all of our podcasts, articles, and products. And that's where Bill will place the links that we spoke about earlier. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, we hope that you'll share it with your friends and family. Thanks again for being with us. Please join us again next time. For the Better Living Institute, this is Kira and Bill Van Ittersom. So long for now, everyone. 